0: beautiful people I love. Hope you guys are having a really, really good day. I am doing well. I was just thinking like, we are really well into 2023. Like it's really almost February. And I'm like, whoa, look at what time is actually doing. So I was thinking because that's what I do. First of all, let me bookmark right there some of y'all are so busy. Some of y'all are so booked and busy and find your identity and how busy you are. And it's like a badge of honor. You don't have time to do anything because you're so buried in whatever it is that has you consumed. But when you are so busy and you don't have time to think, you just like exist on autopilot, you know, and I personally find that it is really important to have time built into my day, into my life, so that I can just think. Because you need time to audit yourself and audit your life and say, what's working here? What's not? How am I feeling? Like checking in with yourself. And I find that so many of us just don't do that. And it's also why I find that so many of us are so disconnected from ourselves And it increases the need for people and things outside of ourselves in a way that can lend itself to being unhealthy. What I'm not saying is that you need to go it alone. Like, I'm a huge advocate and believer of, you know, investing in therapists and coaches and counselors and whoever it is that can help us be better. However, it does not negate the need to be connected to ourselves so that we don't have an unhealthy expectation or dependence on people outside of ourselves and what do i mean by that so for example you know we have so many people that take their cues from instagram therapists and instagram counselors and instagram gurus and instagram experts or whatever platform you may follow so what what made me think about this is I was reading a post and this girl, I guess she's an influencer. She popped up on my timeline and she was saying how she is really, really lonely, but she understands that loneliness is the path that, or is this just, just a a side effect for lack of a better word, um, for where she is right now and not letting her emotions lead her, like really needing to use logic and ration in making her decisions. Anyway, there were so many people. And I see this a lot, this is exactly what I needed to hear, this is confirmation, this is this, this is that. And that's great when you find things that are resonant with you, right? But so many people take their cues from things like that. So you will see a post, a 90-second clip, a 30-second clip, a video, and then you start taking your cues from one person or this person's perspective and It's not coming from a place of you being connected enough to yourself to eat the meat and spit out the bones, as they say, right? And so a lot of times that's how we end up with mindsets and thinking that is not really conducive to our path or that either perpetuates certain ways of thinking and being that really are not in our best interest. And that's just the best way that I can explain that. Just like even with the podcast, there might be messages that resonate with you, and there may be messages that do not because this message was not for you, right? I am in no way trying to be your coach, your therapist, if you are not paying me. Because I don't know enough about you, right, to personally give you uh, counsel or wisdom or anything like that. And so even with me or whomever else, apply what it is that, that you can take from that, but your own connection to yourself needs to be the go-to. And if you would spend time strengthening that, you would be so much better off, okay? So now going back to what it is that I was saying, uh, I was just thinking a lot about how We know so much and we don't necessarily need to know more. But in applying what it is that we know, we go from knowledge being power to knowledge, understanding that knowledge is potential power. But you're only as powerful as the knowledge that you apply. But I'd like to take that a step further because you can apply the knowledge, but then the feedback that comes from what it is that you apply will lend itself to wisdom, right? So we don't want to stop at just knowing because we are consumers of information and consumers of so much that we don't apply. But then when we do apply it sometimes, we're not really looking at or taking in the feedback to say here's what works and here's what doesn't. And so a lot of times we lack wisdom and so some of the things that I want to share with you over the next few minutes are, I just would find them to be principles or nuggets of wisdom. I live my life by certain principles, and those principles are not necessarily things that people have told me. They may have told me some of those things, let me be clear, right? Because there's nothing new under the sun. But I apply those principles, and then the feedback from those principles Allowed me what was needed to make certain tweaks. And now they have um, given themselves over to wisdom, right? And so, my prayer for you, my hope for you is that you can live a life of greater wisdom and of greater discernment and not just consume things that don't necessarily work towards your betterment. So, these are in no particular order, but these are just principles that I learned and that I just observe. And one of those things is, oh, and, and another thing is because, you know, I've really been diving deeper into relationships, right? So that, that's probably where most of these would apply. But the first one is going to be, stop expecting you from other people. I'll say it again, stop expecting you from other people. We have this tendency to expect that because we think a certain way or we do things a certain way, that people that we are in relationship with will do things the exact same way. Or that people will follow our lead or people will do for us because we do this for them. And it's a recipe for disappointment, frustration, because people are not you. And so what made me think about this is, girl, if you're listening to this, you should know I was going to share it. But when I was on a recent trip to Cancun... The girl who was my roommate on the trip, she she's she's really good. Like her Instagram feed is just like perfectly curated. Like she could be a photographer in her spare time, right? So you might go to take a picture and she might be like, uh, uh-uh, give me the camera, do this, do that, pose this way, put your foot this way, let me care. and she will capture just like the most beautiful things in a picture. And then she'll give you the camera. So she gave me the camera, and then she looked like okay, you you see the pictures that I took for you? Your pictures that you took for me don't look like that. And I said, oh yeah. She's like, your finger is in a lot of these pictures. And I said, oh, well you got like seven cameras on the back of this phone. My iPhone doesn't work like that. So I said, I'm perfectly willing to redo it. So she was taking pictures out in the waves and she was like, okay, take it, take it. So I could actually capture the waves in the ocean. So I'm capturing the waves. But now in front of me, she's the waves are knocking her over and she's falling all in the water and I'm capturing it. So the pictures, they, they look, the waves were beautiful, no doubt. But it was what she was doing in the water. And I'm just like, well what, well, what was I supposed to capture if I captured the waves, but you were falling all over the place? And I'm really not trying to be funny, right? So needless to say, every time she took pictures of people, their pictures were exquisite. She was like the trip photographer. We were all like, hey, run us those images. But every time she got the pictures back, she they, they were just not what she desired. And she said, I just cannot get from people, basically, what I'm giving to people. And I said, why, why don't you just travel with your tripod? Because the, you know exactly what it is that you want and you know how you want it. And you seem to be the only person that can give it to yourself. So why why don't you just travel with your tripod and not expect that from other people, right? That's one thing. So I'm off picture duty on vacation, okay? And I'm and I'm perfectly fine with that. Then I was speaking to a friend yesterday and she was talking about her guy and she was talking about like Christmas presents and stuff and she said you know what I got him for Christmas? And I said, what? And she shared that she got him these high level electronics and that kind of a thing. And I said, oh, okay, that was nice. She said, you know what he got me? I don't. She said, he got me a hat and a glove and a scarf. And I said, oh, okay, well, you're about to travel, so at least you'll be warm. And she she was just like, basically just upset and disgusted. But this conversation has come up with us so many times before where she feels like she gives so much to people and she doesn't get it back. Okay, I know there's a lot of y'all that feel that way, right? I feel like I have an emotional capacity, a spiritual capacity that I can pour into people that I don't get back from people. But you know what I've learned to do? I stopped looking for that from people because that is my gift to the relationship, right? And what will ultimately happen is There will be this underlying sense of superiority that you have and that you hold, um, and your focus will always be on other people because you are looking for other people to be you. Instead of looking at, hey, here's what this person can contribute, will contribute, does contribute, and... Like accepting that and celebrating that, I promise you it is a recipe to constantly be frustrated and disappointed because you are looking for people to be you. But then the other underlying thing is if you really feel that way right? Why do you keep giving and going out of your way and doing so much for other people if you are looking for something in return? Like, what is the real motivation behind why it is that you are doing what it is that you are doing? Because people have to keep being reminded of what it is that you do. And people have to keep being reminded of how what they do pales in comparison to what you do. It's just something to think about. It's not judgment. It's just observation. Right? Stop expecting people to be you, because here's the other thing. One of the things that a lot of times we're not open to is feedback, and feedback is really gold. When you allow people to give you feedback, you can grow in ways that you won't grow on your own, and I can guarantee you that if people were to be on the flip side of this and they gave you feedback, they may feel like they contribute something to a relationship that you don't or you have an area to grow, right? And so it just creates this tit-for-tat transactional energy between people that just does not have to be. So it's just something to consider, okay? Here's another one Um, I really want to talk about because we hear it so much you know, you got to do the work, you got to do the work, you got to do the work. And a lot of times, again, because we take our cues from so many people, we don't even know what our work looks like. But then there's this thing of, you know, you have to do it alone before you can show up and be ready to do it with another person. I really want to dispel the myth of doing it alone. Like you can be in relationship with other people because the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, there was a time when I was like, deeply religious, and I was so into church, and I was celibate, and I was focused on raising my daughter. And I'm telling y'all, me and God was BFFs, and I was just so focused on that. I wasn't dating. I wasn't doing any of that. And I felt so much peace and so much joy and so much contentment. And I really felt like I healed in a way, and I had time to heal in a way that I wouldn't have if I were dating. Well, Fast forward to the time when I started dating, it seemed like I started to revisit a lot of these things that I thought that I had healed from. You know why I started to revisit them? Because it sounded really good in theory, but it's almost like when you learn something in a classroom and it has no application in real life. Well, I learned all of these healing things in theory, but now it was time to practice them. And so my relationships became my mirrors, and they became my teachers, and they became my triggers, and they showed me the places that I still needed to heal, right? And I, and I wasn't as far along as I thought. I was just abstinent. Abstinent sexually, but abstinent also meaning that I was not in relationship. And oftentimes, this myth of doing it alone, it isolates you, and it exempts you from environments that you actually need. You know, people say, if you, if you, I heard somebody say, if you want to, if you want a wound to heal, stop touching it. I I don't, I don't know. Time heals all wounds. I don't agree with that. If you want a wound to heal, you need to care for it. Sometimes you have a Band-Aid over a wound and you need actual surgery for it, right? And so the comfort of isolation, the comfort of going it alone, it can really be deceiving. And it can have you thinking that you are making progress in your healing in a way that you are not, right? Now, of course, I am not talking about if you are abused or in an abusive situation. So, you know, I always make those disclaimers so people don't understand me to say something that I am not. But oftentimes, the way to healing is that you open up that wound again. And you allow people to begin to touch the wound again. But you allow people to touch the wound, and then you allow people to touch the wound with care, or you apply care to the wound, right? And so a lot of us, from a survival standpoint, we've band-aided our wounds, and now we're in a different space where we actually need surgery, right? These, These little... Band-Aids and half-assed, excuse me, methods, they don't work. And so now that we need surgery and now we're like, oh my God, what is happening? What is happening is that the comfort of isolation was deceiving and had you thinking that you were making progress because there was nobody there to disrupt your comfort. If it's just you and you, listen. Solitude is my greatest place because it's just me and me. I can recharge. There's no disruptors here. I'm cool in solitude. But I also understand that a lot of my growth has come by being in the same situations that triggered me and that hurt me in the first place. And then building the resistance, building the strength and understanding that I'm no longer the person that I was and that I can move through that. So I want to dispel that myth of doing it alone, right? I don't know where you magically get to a place of healing that now you you are ready for a relationship. I think the challenge is who we choose to be in relationships with, right? The thing is, like, you want to make better choices with who you're in relationship with and have relationships with people that are willing to be in this container of healing with you, right? Who are willing participants. But what we tend to do is the old bait and switch. We present a version of ourselves that does not look like we need the things that we need. And then we get into a relationship and then all of a sudden the mask comes off and all of the things that we really need come flooding and it scares people because we've been so afraid to really show people who we are from the beginning because we're afraid that they won't accept us. But what's the difference if when we show them who we are or the mat you can only wear a mask for so long and then they run? Wouldn't you rather that happen in the beginning? And so we can't really show who we truly are, that we really are people who have needs. We really are people that, hey, you know, I've healed a lot right here. I'm still working on healing right here. This is how this shows up in my life. Like, we have lost the ability to have authentic conversations because we're conditioned to wear masks, right? So just something to consider. Here's another thing that... um, The reason why relationships are are so helpful, I said it a little earlier about feedback. Feedback being so crucial. As a coach, I see this all the time. People sign up to work with me because this is what they envision and this is what they really want. And you know what often ends up happening? People don't really want it enough to make the necessary changes. And so they get frustrated. Of course, they get frustrated with me because... The hardest thing to do is to take ownership of your life and where you are and take 100% responsibility and not looking at all the other people and all the contributing factors, even though there may be a ton of them and saying, but I am in the driver's seat and I have the power to change this. That is the hardest thing to do because you know why changing is the hardest thing for people to do. And so people pay coaches and people blame coaches and um, all of those things because people, I find, aren't really open to feedback in a way that lends itself to doing something different. And let me tell you what I mean by that. There are people in my life, people that I talk to right now, certain things that I can clearly see, and I've, I've gotten the wisdom to not say anything about it. You know why? Because when you recognize a stronghold, we all have them. Strongholds are simply, the best way to describe it is a place in your mind, a place in your mind where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended, right? And it's also a place that has been fortified to defend it from attack. And so when you are still in a very wounded place, feedback to you feels like attack and you take it personally, right? And so you will defend those strongholds because they were key to your survival and you still feel like that is the case. So I know when people start to get defensive that I'm coming up against a stronghold, I'm coming up against a place that has been strongly fortified And my feedback, even though I can see what's possible on the other side for somebody, feels like an attack. And so you know what I do in those cases? I tread lightly. Just because one of the things you learn as a coach, and even if you're not a coach, somebody that just wants to give advice, everything is not just to be said just because you feel like you know something or because you feel like you can see it. And so I realized that this person is not in a place in their journey where they can receive this feedback, and so I hold it. I pray, I pray about it, right? But feedback is only helpful when you feel safe enough, or you feel trusting enough, or that somebody has your best interest enough so that you don't feel like it is an attack. And so few of us have those relationships or have gotten to that space. And so the strongholds in our minds are the very thing that prevent us from the change that we want to see happen in our lives, right? So but that's why relationships are so important because it can when you find good relationships, you can get the feedback and I'm so thankful that I do have those relationships that give me the feedback. I don't always want to hear the feedback. Sometimes it hurts my feelings, right? But I go And I'm all over it and I'm saying, okay, well, let me let me go and do something, something different with this. And then there's some feedback that I get that I'm saying, no, I'm not I'm not making any changes right here because I'm really okay with this. The point is, feedback is essential to our growth. Right. And speaking of growth and speaking of people, you know how we say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear you know, you know how you feel like, oh, here's my teacher. That wasn't your first damn teacher. You are just now in a place where you are open and receptive to the information. That's why on the flip side of it, you can tell somebody something. You may have been telling somebody something forever. And then they go and hear it from someone else. And you're like, I already told you that. They have a readiness now as a student, and so they can, they are open and receptive to that information. Most of us don't get it the first time we hear it, which is why planting seeds is so important. I plant the seeds, somebody else waters and nurtures the seed. It's God that gives the increase, and seeds I trust. Do you know that as a coach, there are times when I tell somebody something and it's two, three years before they are really open and receptive to the seed that I know that I planted? And I used to be like, I told you this. It doesn't matter, right? Let's move my ego out of the way. The most important thing is that you got it. I planted a seed. I probably wasn't the first person who planted it, but I nurtured it and I watered it. Somebody else came along and now you're open and receptive. That is the most important thing, right? But stop thinking that this is your first teacher. This ain't your first time to this rodeo. You are just open and receptive in a way (laughs) that um, lends itself to your growth right now. Let's see if there's, you know, I can't everything in one podcast, but I just wanted you to think about some of this. Um, The last thing that I will say is that anger, for some of us, is a luxury that we can't afford. Now, uh, anger is an emotion, and anger says that a boundary has been crossed, right? But there is something called emotional branching, where you may initially feel slighted or hurt by something, right? Then You feel angry, then you mull over something and you ruminate and now the anger escalates. And so before you know it, time has passed and now that initial thing has caused you to become resentful and bitter. And so a lot of us are dealing with so much bitterness and we don't even realize that it comes out in our energy. It comes out in our interactions with people. But what happens is anger eats us inside. And so I'm not talking about an initial anger, but anger is often a secondary emotion to something else that is underneath, right? And a lot of our anger has turned itself into bitterness, and it is a quote-unquote luxury that we cannot afford. Anger allows us to feel powerful. We feel something when we otherwise might not feel anything, but I am telling you, anger will eat you from the inside out. You know how they say depression is anger turned inward? Anger will materialize in your life and in your body in so many ways, guys, and it is Is not worth it. It is so, so, so not worth it. I don't even know what got me to thinking about it. But, you know, if we just think about the world that we're we're living in, we keep putting everything under the blanket of mental health and saying, oh, yeah, mental health is real. Everybody does not have mental health diagnoses, right? And so uh, that being said, you know, I'm on board to stop using like mental health is real. Toxic masculinity. This is toxic. This is dysfunctional. Masculine, feminine, narcissist. I'm on board to move away from these terms because we have just blanketed terms and started to diagnose people with things. And a lot of people are just really angry. And anger has turned itself into resentment and bitterness. And that original thing has not been healed in the lives of people. And so now it's materialized or emotionally branched into so many other things. And it's not anger is not worth it to yourself. It's not worth it to the people that are around you. That you have an emotional outburst and and just losing your shit, you know, at every turn. The, it, it is on you to go back and say, "What is it that I'm really angry about?" And I don't know about you, but something that really helps me because I get angry. And when I pray, I ask for a different perspective, and I say, "I'm I am so angry right now, but I'm willing not to be." I don't I don't try to just make myself not feel what I feel, but there is a willingness to to feel a different way. So I just wanted to share some nuggets of wisdom, some principles, some things that I that I practice. Because, I mean, we need help. We need more than just knowledge. We need things that we can apply over and over, you know, so that we build new neural pathways and we can take new actions that lend themselves into a new way of thinking. But just learning new thoughts and new concepts is not getting the job done. So I love each and every one of you. Share the podcast. Even if one of those nuggets of wisdom is something that you can apply to yourself, apply it, keep applying it, and watch the changes that happen over time. Have a beautiful rest of your day.